Hi, I'd like to welcome everybody to the CCW Safe podcast. I'm Rob High, I'm joined by my guest host, Philip Naiman. And today we've got a special guest with Tony Blauer. Um, Tony does a lot of training. He's done it for decades now um, in some self-defense things. And we thought it was kind of critical to get him on. We discuss a lot of things with our members about um, situational awareness, de-escalation, um, avoidance. Um, but we also know, or we're realists, uh, that there are times that something happens, worst case scenario, and, and we have to defend ourselves. Um, I, you know, you guys know that I come from a law enforcement background. Um, I was a defensive tactics coordinator for the largest police department in Oklahoma. And I've trained all over the world. Um, one of those trainings that always eluded me was Tony's. Um, I would still really enjoy the opportunity to go sit under you and, and learn some things. Um, but it's one of those that for, for everybody that all, you know, the only tool you have is a hammer. Every problem you run across is a nail. Um, and Tony gets into some things um, as far as instinctual things. Um, you know, it, you'll, you'll see things that say in your reptilian brain, um, I always call it your lizard brain. Um, but there are things that I don't have to train you to do. You, my wife I, calls that my normal brain. <laughs> you know, there are things I don't have to do. Um, my body just automatically has that response, whether it's a, a startle response or whatever. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Tony tell us a little bit about himself. And, uh, and we, we appreciate you so much for, for coming on and joining us, sir. So thank you. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because this is a very specific group. A lot of times, well, in the last couple of years, I mean, I, 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 especially in the last couple of years, uh, hundreds of, of podcasts, but from fitness to business to self-defense to martial arts to whatever. Um, but this is, this is a neat one, the CCW. And I've, cause I've done uh, classes probably 20 years ago I did a, a gunfighting video series and um, I have very specific ideas on on that area that domain the training the mindset adaptive courage um, and so on and so forth so excited to be here thank you that's awesome um, if you could go in a little bit and just kind of explain um you've got a really unique perspective on how you gear your training and it has always, it, it's always fascinated me. Um, my background, you know, from a little kid on, I, I was a wrestler. Um, I was very actively involved in that sport for more than 50 years. Nice. I've been an official, I've competed all over the world. I've been a coach. Um, I, I've done martial arts for, for decades now. Um, it's, but not everybody has the ability to, to go in and spend 18 or 20 hours a week in a dojo. Uh, and I understand that, but you kind of, kind of shortcut some of that with things that are already pre-built into our brains. So, yeah. So, uh, trying to think of the best place to start with this, 
in, in a nutshell, what I've done is I've created a personal defense system that's entirely based on the sciences of survival, the neurobiology of survival. What, what that means is I look at the physiological responses that are automatic in our body. We don't, we don't need to manipulate them. We don't need to learn them. I look at the natural movement kinesiology, biomechanics, how our body's engineered. And then I look at functional and normal psychology. And I've created a, a system that's holistic in physiology, uh, uh, physics, and psychology, but also holistic and moral, ethical, legal. And uh, it's weird because, you know, you, you, you use the word shortcut. And if you, if you intonate it differently, it sounds like a hack. Oh, you're shortcutting, right? Or as opposed to, hey, if if I'm late and you know a shortcut, please tell me, right? So it depends on the connotation. But hacking, if I say I'm going to help you hack and augment your survivability quotient, it's got a positive thing, but hacking also sounds like breaking into or bypassing and whatever. So I want to share with your audience that that we are all human weapons. I have this 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 uh, I had this epiphany actually on a podcast probably about ten years ago. I was getting asked over and over again. I've been a martial artist. I'm 61 years old. I've been I've been training since I'm seven. And anytime I was in a confrontation, tunnel vision tacky psyche, right? Fancy word for things would go into slow motion, auditory exclusion. And, but most importantly, the, the fine motor skills that I trained so diligently on were nowhere to be found. And if you look at most gunfights, nobody's in a pure isosceles or weaver or doing this or that. Their foot's not here. Bad guys shoot more accurately than good guys. They run by and go bang, bang, bang. And there's a police officer trying to get ready and ends up getting shot in the, in the armpit, in the panel. Um, and nobody was able to explain all of this. And, and I could see it and go, I know exactly why. And this is, so I want to tell the origin story of this a little bit. Um, that growing up as a kid, learning self-defense, I go, okay, now I'm boxing, now I'm Taekwondo, now I'm Jeet Kune Do, now I'm Wing Chun. And then a fight would happen. It would still look like, oh, fuck, oh, you know, and you're, and it'd be, I'd be like, afterwards, 14 years old, 15 years old, 17 years old, can I swear on this show? <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay, good. I'd be, I'd be sitting in bed going, what the fuck just happened? Like, where was my sidekick? Where was that slip punch, reverse punch? Where There was still this chaos. Now, some of your listeners might be going, well, you probably weren't very good if you couldn't make that stuff happen. I will tell you this. I've been studying violence, fear, and aggression for 40 plus years. I've studied CCTV, body cam, helmet cam, smartphone. When you see true sudden violence, you never see technique. Empty hand or knife or gun. And the people that are applying technique are the ones doing the ambushing. This is important because the good Samaritan, the police officer, the soldier in an ambush were surprised. And this is the big thing in my system. 
and and some of this this more elegant explanation is because of the integration of neuroscience and understanding the neurobiology uh, parts of it. Decades ago, when I was teaching, uh, decades ago when I was teaching, it didn't sound so sexy, right? But I can tell you now. Hang on, wait for my neighbor with the very loud muffler to leave. Um, the uh, uh, in, in case anyone can figure it out, this is my garage gym. I teach here five times a week live to people all over Zoom, all over Zoom, on Zoom, all over the world who can't get to our live trainings. And we do we do gun, weapon, multiple assailants, fear management, all sorts of stuff here. So garage doors are open and I'm exposed. Um, but the when a stimulus is introduced too quickly, executive function can get hijacked. Executive function accesses our cognitive brain. Our cognitive brain is the part of our brain that sends the neuromuscular messages to do this move, our complex motor skills. So if I ask either one of you and anyone in your audience, what would you do here? You're at an ATM or you're at a light and again, two guys get out of their car. Whatever you answer is a theoretical answer because it's not happening. You're imagining a future event and you've either done some training or you haven't done some training and the degree of reality of your training will actually impact how quickly you answer. So between stimulus responses, refractory delay, and this delay, this gap time between the two is a product of your training. But what I need people to always understand, and this is why, and I'm all over the place, 97 rabbit holes here. We've got three divisions in my company. My first, uh, I'm best known for the spear system, which is the study of the startle flinch and how to weaponize the startle flinch. What that means is I'm standing here like this. You guys remember Blazing Saddles? Yeah. Remember the scene where the guy's got the... <laughs> he looks serious. He I'll looks serious. Right Back up. Oh, dude, I'll shoot him. I'll shoot him. Right. <laughs> right. So, so most of us practice, he's got a gun. So we practice drawing. Or we practice gun disarms. And when we practice gun disarms, we go, okay, stick the gun here. We do our gun disarm 10,000 times. Okay, stick the gun here. We do our gun disarm 10,000 times. And then we practice range is hot, bing, bing, and we, and, we, and we get going. And what we're practicing are the complex motor skills. But what we're not integrating is this, this idea of decision-making under duress. So I teach, uh, a, a, in terms of, of speed, a quickness model and a suddenness model. The quickness model is how quickly can you get a good grip on your gun? How quickly can you get front sight? How quickly can you clear your clothing? How quickly can you do this offhand? You're right, your dominant hand's injured. How quickly can you, those are all, like that's drills you can get, and every all of us can get good at that. Most people, as you know, don't train enough, but let's say everyone trained their ass off and everyone was like, you know, it was like, we're like ninjas. That doesn't change what our physiology and psychology will do in an ambush. This is the missing link in personal survival. All fights are dangerous, but the most dangerous fight is an ambush. The ambush will attack executive function. Executive function hijacks access to cognitive thinking, 
our reptilian brain, the lizard brain, our survival brain does this. So I always make this joke. People go, like you see like an incident happens, an active killer incident happens, something happens. And then there, you see a hundred comments. That's why I carry, that's why I carry. And I always want to jump in there and shake people and go, listen, unless your gun is duct taped to your hand, your gun is not in your hand at the moment of an ambush. And you need to just like, and I always make this joke, you guys will appreciate this. How good are both of you at clearing jams in your gun? I'm pretty fast. I, I would imagine you, you, you depends know, upon the jam. Okay. <laughs> but but don't be don't be don't be modest. How if I said stovepipe, I'm a new shooter and I go, uh range master, I got a stovepipe. You're gonna be like, okay, that's okay. You're just gonna do you're gonna do this, you're gonna do, you're gonna do a whole bunch of manipulations that are almost all the same for a double feed for a stovepipe in, in a semi-automatic pistol. Most good shooters are good at clearing jabs. Really good at clearing jabs. But would you ever hope for a jam in a gunfight because you're good at clearing a jam? <laughs> right? And, and I love sharing that. When I'm working with firearms instructors, firearm people, I, I, I people are like, they're going, hey, check this out. And they're like, I go, you're better at clearing a jam than you are engaging multiple threats on the move. Because people do flat range, diagnostic, I got three seconds to do this, I got to hit this, and you get good at the quickness part. The quickness part is my ability to demonstrate a skill set. So my, my definition for quickness is my neuromuscular signal speed. Somebody says, uh, this is, this is the, the, the screen for my mic. Uh, Tony, uh, right finger jab to the eye. There I do a right finger jab. Left palm strike. Boom. How, how quickly can I take the information? And we get good at that stuff. Wax on, wax off. What we don't get good at is managing the ambush. We think we're practicing counter ambush drills but we're actually doing drills to support the skill and then looking at as a readiness evaluation. So understand this, like in, in the military, they got like readiness tests. So they say, Hey, tonight between 12 and six, our readiness quotient is going to be evaluated. Uh, some, some role players are going to break on to post or onto base and they're going to test us. So no live fire tonight. No this, no this, no. And immediately, like, is that an ambush if you're telling us right. when it's happening? If I say, guys, we're going to do force on force in the shootouts today. We're using UTM or SIMS. Is that a real fight? The moment I know I've got eye protection on, the moment I have a guy in a red man suit or a high gear suit, I've color-coded use of force. Now, if you're a selective listener, it's going to sound like I'm criticizing that. I'm not. It's necessary. Jumping into a pool and fighting a rubber shark that I blew up is not the same as fighting a shark in the ocean. And it's not the same as being surprised by a shark. So I know people that go diving with sharks. That's fucking insane and scary. And I'm a fear management expert. But I know lots of people that do it. 
But what they do is they go to areas where the sharks are fed. They may be in the wild. They've got, they've got sentries there. They've got like the experts there with, you know, some sort of weapon system. They've got some, they've thought about the safeguards. You do sign a release, just like skydiving. Things could fail. This could be your last jump. And you either go or you don't go. So you still got to manage your fear. So I'm not saying we don't do that training. What's missing is this conversation. Do you understand the neurobiology of survival? Do you understand that if I said to all of you, if, if, you know, if, if, if I said to you, both of you put your hands up like you're negotiating with me, like we're having a fight, do that now, all like on camera. Or is this going to be released on, on camera? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. So bo both hands up. Um, when I stand up, push me away. So I'm going to stand up, get your hands up. So I'm going to stand up. When I stand up, push me away as if we were having a fight in a bar. Okay. Now, what, what I want you to do there is, Philip, um, you, just, you just moved your mic, right? So put your mic back where it was, right? Slam. Look up, Philip. I just smashed you in the face three times, right? And Tom didn't move. Thanks a lot, Rob. So, so <laughs> you didn't save me there, Rob. Some so, partner. <laughs> so, so, so get this. What am I doing there? I don't know why I called you Tom. I meant Rob, um, but uh, nobody heard that. And uh, uh, we'll pretend I didn't even just say this. Um, what I did in that little, little silly demo is this. When we're in the dojo, we're, we're in a defensive tactics class. When we're in a CCW class and they're talking about stuff, they'll say things like, when the timer goes off, you're going to do this hit this target, draw your weapon, then go here. And that's clear. And you need to practice that stuff. But we are being, there's, it's all choreography. We know what's happening. There's no surprise. Even when somebody says, uh, we're going to try and surprise you, we're going to have a role player come in the room. Right? Make sure, like, make sure there's no live ammo on you. You came back from lunch. Let's clear stuff. Visually, physically check your weapons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the biggest thing that's missing is the stim this the suddenness model. The suddenness model is this. It's how quickly I can move in relationship to a new stimulus. So when when an incident happens and somebody like all the you know you get all the comments. That's why, that's why I carry. That's why I carry. That's why I carry. That's why I carry. But wait a minute. The neurobiology of survival says executive function will be hijacked. You need to recalibrate your brain. You need to, I don't know, did you guys just hear that noise, that big noise? Yep. So my daughter's home, something dropped. I stopped thinking, I stopped talking, and I immediately, my reptilian brain intuition instincts was, is that dangerous? Do I need to run upstairs? Do I hear screaming, crying? Did it sound like a body dropping? I go, oh. Sounded like maybe she dropped a can or a bottle. I've got five dogs at home. They'd be freaking out. But in a nanosecond, I threat discriminate, and then I come back to the podcast. Okay? That's a stimulus getting introduced too quickly, and then I download my protocols, and then I assess. That's the gap time between stimulus response. That is what's missing in, to me, uh, uh, survival learning research whether it's for citizens, whether it's for law enforcement. And a lot of the research, a lot of what I do is I'll get on calls like this. I do a lot of education through Zoom 
where I'm, I'm training trainers in these protocols saying, like, can you include this in your class? Yesterday, I did a class where, to give guys an, an example, where I had everyone close their eyes and then they would open their eyes and I would be engaged in a scenario. So one of the scenarios was me charging the camera with a, an improvised weapon in my hand and, and everyone's online standing in a nonviolent posture. And when I, when I'm, when I'm here and you close your eyes, you open your eyes and you see me coming at you like this, even though it's zoom, people are like, Whoa, you'd see the hands come up and it's like, Oh, nobody had time to draw a weapon. Right. Then I had one where I was beating the close your eyes, open your eyes. and I'm beating the shit out of Bob. And now people are like, shit, and you can draw a weapon, right? Then it's okay, close your eyes. Um, this one, everyone had to, no weapons. I said, I'm going to give you a command. Everyone get ready. Now I'm beating Bob and I yell, get an improvised weapon. And you see everyone online scrambling for some sort of, you know, a stick, someone taking off their belt as a weapon. Like, and it was crazy. But what we're, what we're creating is, diagnostics and capability gaps for stimulus response what's going on one of the models was uh uh there was one where i was stomping bob and i turned and everyone except for three people had charged towards their camera meaning they were coming to be a courageous bystander but there all of these choices could be can you imagine that I mean, the, it was the, the ability to create this physiology, even on Zoom. Of course, it's much more dynamic in a three-dimensional class. And we've done all that stuff live where, where I go, hey, uh, hey, guys, you were just in this fight. He had a knife. You took the person down, but you're, you, you want him. You dropped him, but you don't know how to put on a tourniquet. So you bleed out too. So we're identifying, and one of the scenarios, a counterintuitive one, that I told them to do, and it was fascinating on Zoom. And again, we've done it live, so visualize this. Is and again, I don't know who's watching your show. There's going to be instructors watching, so hopefully, I'm inspiring ideas for training. Is one of the scenarios was you had to run, which was counterintuitive for the macho type A, or I'm in a class to do this. In 1988, I did a scenario training at my at my first school, and I said to everybody. I said, as soon as you can in this force on force scenario, as soon as you can break contact and run to the end of the school, past the juice bar there, that represents the safe haven. That's the police, that's the hospital, that's a, you're barricaded. And this guy, who I'm still friends with to this day, he put his hands up, his name's Larry. He goes, hey, with all due respect, Mr. Blauer, we came here to learn how to fight. We didn't come here to learn how to run. I think we all know how to run. Like, why do you want us to run? And I said, Larry, the fact that you don't see how running in scenario training creates a mental rep that becomes a neurological option. The fact that you don't see that means that your ego or pride might keep you in a fight. And there's lots of maimed and injured and dead people who let their ego or pride dictate their next strategy. That is so good. That is so very good. Thank you. It's, it's just one of those that, that people don't ever, it, it's not being, it's not being scared. If, if you're not scared, there's a, there's an issue already anyway. Can I say something about that? 
My Certainly. favorite thing. So the, I, we got three divisions. One is my scenario training division. We call ballistic microfight. It's all our high gear stuff. Our second one is spear. Spear is an acronym for spontaneous protection, enabling accelerated response. It's the study of the, the physiology of survival, the neurobiology of survival, and how regardless of your training, trained or untrained, if I go, wow, and I come at you and I'm surprising you, your body, and I love this metaphor, I always tell people, no awareness, no chance. And we always talk about in the, in the shooting community, situational awareness, head on a swivel, look for the anomaly. Well, guess what? Ambushes still happen, even though we have that logic. So if it was simple enough to just have a situational awareness course, nobody would ever get ambushed. Right. But everyone does and everyone can. So I tell people, your situational awareness is a conscious cognitive skill. You need to be awake and you need to be alert and you need to be educated, conscious cognitive skill. But you can still be a cop inside the reactionary gap going, let me see your hands. And the guy goes, Sure, man. Whack. And he throws a shot like there or he target glances your gun as it comes out and you find yourself like backpedaling and falling to the ground. And because your situational awareness at a certain point can be compromised at any distance. The stimulus has to be can be sudden, aggressive or close. And here's what will happen. I call and I use this metaphor. Your startle flinch is like an organic airbag. It deploys to create space between you and impact, just like the genius of an airbag in a modern car. And so I've taught people how to weaponize that, that I, I'm, I'm here and I'll, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Bob, you know, and all of a sudden he goes to headbutt me and I go, whoa, when the hands come up, I now, I would use that, that moment to, my hands are up. That is when I have to use the empty hand transition. And let's say he's going, I'm going to kill you. And you happen to be trained and caring. You've, you, you need to go, you're, you're walking by, the guy bumps into you, or it's a carjacking setup. And you're like, hey, man, are in trouble. He goes, hey, you, those hands come up. You can now drive in there. And this is where you would transition into stuff. I don't have anything on me. That would have been a cool demo if I had. Who would have thought that that I that I that I'd put something on before the class to 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 demo? But I just came out of literally another session. Um, I don't even have shoes on. But the the um, the uh, the important thing here is uh, that airbag deploys. It saves you from the initial impact, and the initial impact was the ambush. It's in this, and you guys are gonna love this. When those hands come up and push away, that to me is like. That's the workspace, right? I don't go like this to change my magazine. I'm, I, I run dry, get a jam. I'm changing here while I can still have a field of fire. So that pushing away danger is our workspace where we recalibrate emotionally, psychologically, push away danger, threat, discriminate, and then decide, do, do I need to create more space with an empty hand skill or do I need to transition to my pistol right away or my knife or what have you? But I said, I got three divisions and you, you said something that I interrupted you on because I had to get it in there is you were talking about, it's not fear that everyone's afraid. And I, and I wanted to share a line from my no fear program and no fear K N O W is the third division in my company. It's a whole division on mindset resiliency and adaptive courage called no fear this idea that there's no such thing as 
no fear, no fear, but there's a way to get to no fear, to use fear as a fuel. And the line I want to share with your audience is this, you can't be brave if you're not afraid. There's no bravery without fear. The primary ingredient in bravery is fear. Yeah. And so whether that's a firefighter, a soldier, a cop, a citizen, if we do something scary, whether it's go to the dentist, have a kid, get divorced, get married, uh, uh, protect somebody in a gunfight, regardless, there's got to be a fear spike. And if there isn't a fear spike, you're either a unicorn or a sociopath. Or, yeah, or a sociopath, or there's something, there's something wrong. Um, and, and if I say to somebody, wow, how did you beat up those three guys? That was amazing. You must have been so scared because there were three. And the guy goes, no, no, no. I like, I like hurting people. Like, like that's not something we can learn from. We're good Samaritans. And, and, uh, but anyways, I love that line. I want to throw that in there. You can't be brave if you're not afraid. Absolutely. Um, you know, and the other deal, you keep talking about, uh, all the fine motor skill things, you know, I, I made this mistake as a trainer for years. It it took us so long to retool our thinking. Um, and, and this is not a, this is not a knock on anybody, but I don't, I don't know if you ever learned the Lindell handgun retention system. No, it, it was something that came about, um, Jim Lindell, great trainer, um, from the national law enforcement training center up in Kansas city, Missouri, but it was this incredibly complex series of manipulations and wrist locks. And you have an attack on your firearm. <laughs> we need something gross, gross motor with, sure. with an action of violence right then. And, and we were, we were giving people this placebo, like this is going to help you. No, it's not. This is going to get your gun taken away and get you killed. Um, but it was the thing that was available right then. Um, it, 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 it's it's interesting because in defensive tactics and self-defense uh so much of it is inspired and influenced by martial arts but martial arts are uh, a, it's a collection of hundreds of moves that are fine and complex motor skills but if you ever just go back just look at a real fight i don't mean a douchebag fight with two drunks in the street i'm looking at real violence where somebody doesn't want to be there and you got a predator a social you know uh, predator it's always ugly and so uh you know everything works in a demo and i i i used to know mr lindell and uh back in the day aslet days and all that um but i would look around and see these complex motor skills and go, look, the litmus test isn't what you believe. It's what we see on CCTV and at the time dashboard video. Nobody was able to pull off the moves they were teaching. And I didn't understand it either. I'm with you on that. I was like, why, why is this complicated? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's because we go into vapor lock when we get that, when, when you get that sudden assault, you just, you shut down. You have to be able to, to force yourself through that and, and work through that fear thing. Um, I want to touch real quick and, and get some of the stuff. How, how can people contact you? How can people get involved in your zoom training or anything that you've got coming up? What kind of things do you have that, that guys that are really serious about this can reach out and go, man, I like, I like what he's saying. I, I like that direction. I need to work on those things. 
Um, I, I would, so the first and most important thing is, is this is our fear management. And, and I tell people, you know, start with my, I, I wrote a, a nine page PDF called making friends with fear and it's free. It'll stick in my funnel, total transparency to expose you to our no fear program. And, 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 but the book is free. It took me 40 years to write a nine page thing on fear. Cause if you change it, change, if you change how you think about fear, that gives you the chance to win any fight. We have a maxim in our no fear program. Uh, those who manage their fear manage to fight. It doesn't guarantee victory, but it guarantees you're in the fight. And that's where it's got to start. If you go to any, any of my websites, Blower Training Systems will, will show you. You might be on here going, I got to get some of that gear. I want to do force on force. Go to, it'll take you to our high gear. You want to get to one of our live courses or online courses. There's links to all of that. And my team will send you links too that you can share in the show notes. And I mean, this, this talk also flew by so fast. If you guys want to go a little longer, I can go a little bit longer. If you want to keep it tight, that's, that's fine. Well, actually, if you, if you have time, we'd love to do another session with you. So we'll, we'll close this one off. So we're going to have two episodes come up and. Uh... Absolutely. And if you get some good questions from your audience, I'm happy to specifically uh, identify things. I just want to say we are all human weapons. We all want to survive like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We've got that survival at the bottom. The more you understand the physiology, the biomechanics, and the psychology, the more you understand the neurobiology of survival, meaning what makes me a human weapon, the safer you are. And then truly your handgun becomes that extension of that self. You know, what you're, what you're saying, what you're codifying and explaining to people, it's, it's like the old story about the battle plans, you know, Eisenhower says, this is our battle plan. And that's great until the first bombs dropped. And right. where Mike Tyson says, Hey, everybody's got a game fight till you get punched in the nose and a game plan, then, then that's out the window too. And, and yeah, we can, we can train for perfect scenarios. Okay. When the buzzer goes off, draw a fire, reholster, but life doesn't have a buzzer before the action starts. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to bring this episode back up here, do another episode with Tony. He's been gracious enough with his time. And I really appreciate that. And, um, BlauerTactical.com, B-L-A-U-E-R, Tactical.com is his website. He's got some great training, very, very in demand. So folks, we want to make sure that you uh, know more about him and uh, we'll, be, we'll have another session with him as soon as we can. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Be safe. Thank you so much, Tony. You guys take care. Uh, again, if you have questions and comments, you can get me directly at rob at ccwsafe.com. We appreciate you joining us and uh, hope to have you back for this next session with Tony. So thank you so much, Tony. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, guys. Bet.